Hello guys, how's it going? Welcome to this uh, episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm coming to you at the beginning of this podcast because I want to explain and apologise uh, about something during this podcast because I think this podcast is amazing. It's got really good flow. The chemistry is great uh, between us. Um, uh, <laughs> listen how to how I uh, I call Ryan uh, Brian like three times, I think, during this podcast. Uh, huge apologies, Ryan, uh, from D4 drivers um this is one of those things i guess but uh by the end of it we'll be all we'll, we'll friends and stuff but um yeah so thank you for for listening to this episode and uh, apologies ryan uh, the problem is i could edit that out but there are like really nice flowing parts of conversations and stuff so um it's either put a disclaimer and an apology at the beginning of the episode or uh, cut chunks out of really nice sounding audio. So uh, I, I chose the the first one uh, because uh, I, I don't like disturbing my audio. So Ryan, sorry about that. Uh, and guys, enjoy this show. It's it's really good. This one, uh, Perpetuum Racing, really exciting stuff going on there. So yeah, see you on the other side, guys. Peace out. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Um, today we're coming from the uh, D4D Drivers yep, Medical Centre. Yeah, yeah D4D yeah. Drivers um, in in, um, in Battlefield. And today we're joined with Perpetual Motorsport, and we've got uh, we've got Lee and Andy. <laughs> so I've got to explain. I'm I, I don't like saying this much on the podcast, but I had a drink last night, so my head's a little bit dizzy. But <laughs> I have been so looking forward to speaking to you. I got an email. Um, I think it was off Becky. Uh, it was telling us about your, your amazing uh, achievements at Silverstone and your, your, your motorsport team. Um, but I think first, what we need to do is we need to go back and sort of discover where this started, right? So first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you very second, much. Problem. Thank second you. of all, what is Perpetual Racing and where did it come from? Uh, so shall I, I explain that? Yeah, go on, you explain um, it. So I started racing about five years ago in, uh, in a saloon car and got bored with it very rapidly. You said you just started racing, you just get I used to ride horses and uh, I had a, a succession of quite serious accidents where I broke my back basically twice. Oh, no. yeah. So it was a case of I needed to stop and do something else and I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie so I need to find something. So the car racing for me was the next big thing. And um, so I already had a saloon car so started racing that but it was boring yeah. so went to Alton <laughs> Park one day where I saw the Jedi's the F1000's that we yeah, now race yeah, yeah. Um, and the commentator saying these are the fastest things in club sport that you can go near Lee winning a race anyway and his father jumping up and down on the bank and I stood there beside him watching him not knowing at the time that you know, we'd be so closely linked in the future and um, got involved when I had a test day found it got hooked first season went as a privateer so in other words by yourself the car and to be honest struggled because it is such a massive leap from 
not knowing what you're doing yeah, to a quite a complicated thing to run. They're so noisy. I used to do marshalling at Alton Park. Right? So I used to be, be with the guys in the corner waving the flags and rushing out to pick up all the tyres and things when people made a mess, right? And um, I remember the first race day I went there, um, there was a succession of races. So you had the Grand Tourers, you had the, um, I think it was uh, Seat Leons at the time that had come around. And then the, the is it the F1? 1000s, yeah. 1000s come around and you could hear him from the pit lane. We were miles, like, and you could hear him coming, you're like, oh my God, they're coming, they're coming. Yeah, it's the, an incredible uh, noise. Yes. Yeah, they scream at all. They like scream at and a half, 13,000. So yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a fabulous noise. Yeah. But they were, um, so yeah, they were a bit of a hook listening to them. Mm. And um, anyway, so then Lee was, was driving for the factory team at the time. But obviously, being local to each other, we got friendly and decided to form Perpetuum. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big hook for me was obviously knowing Lee and Lee being a previous champion and massive experience and incredibly fast driver the yeah. the amount I can learn off of him has you know it's been incredible really so. so you picked up the sport like sort of later forgive me but later on in life uh, quite late you know, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes yeah we won't go into that one yeah. how does that come I mean how does it compare to how old were you when you picked up the sport uh, I had a quad when I was like three years old so that's where my started on that so I used to go we used to live at the top of this hill down at the bottom we had a big park yeah so i think i can't remember if it was christmas my birthday but my dad bought me this little 50 cc quad so that's kind of where it started we used to go down and literally just go around and around the fields down there um and then really from that we sold the quad and actually had a uh, a pro car so like an indoor go-kart actually cut down cut and shut down to fit me as a three-year-old kid and we used to literally go every every other weekend to like the indoor karting tracks and just lap after lap so wow. yeah my, my journey started literally from more as soon as it came out of the womb almost so yeah so it's like it's embedded into you it's like it's yeah it literally runs through your veins and i, I guess like um it's, it's almost a natural instinct for you now you know, yeah the adrenaline yeah. you know having to deal yeah. with the fast corners come up the breaking time yeah it's out. amazing even like still at like what 32 years old now that you get in a race car and you still get that sort of like your heart racing and the start mm. line and you know you feel you feel the adrenaline buzz from it all it's, it's mm. yeah it's amazing and is uh, is racing uh, for you just centered around track racing or is there a bit of every what other sports have you tried tried rallying or have you tried anything else different um not massively i mean to play a bit of golf every now and then but then slow it down a bit yeah slow it down a little bit but yeah then that's probably more frustrating than the racing itself every time you get on the course (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah i think the racing is more of a a, like a control thing as well because like you're driving the same track over and over again and you're almost like trying to achieve perfection yeah it's so that hence like things like like records or winning races it's like yeah it's sort of so into the dna ten, tenths yeah. of seconds off lap score, yeah great, yeah, yeah you're talking like when we were at silverstone the lap record there had been set in 2011 yeah and we've been going there year after year and it was like almost 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 every year mm. and then this year we sort of just sort of scraped a little bit off it so is it a case of you've done it so many times that the track and you suddenly you like it clicks you know oh my god that's how you do that corner or that's how you do this yeah i think it is it's just it's that little tiny bit of just finding that little edge you know if you can get on the power that little bit sooner if you can break that little bit later if you can find that slightly different line you know it's it's, you're looking at thousands all, you know all the time every lap you think you can gain half a tenth on every corner on that lap you can gain half a second in a lap it's 
it's just amazing. amazing yeah and what's it like i mean time must slow down for you when you're in that car i can just imagine because like as you come into a corner it must a lap for you must feel like a day <laughs> like you know what i mean because it takes so long i think it depends on the circuit really doesn't it i mean you go to somewhere like like this weekend we're racing at brands hatch and brands hatch it you feel like you're crossing that start finish line like every second every you know it's it's seconds it's it? like you feel like you're going to cross and it's like 15 minutes race you'll do 17 18 laps and 17 18 laps around wow. brands you're just constantly turning right 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 then you'll go somewhere like snetterton Alton park. park yeah long laps there and they can feel like they're quite a long lap because there's so many corners and it's mm. every corner is different as well yeah. um so yeah i think it depends on the circuit but you do and get into that zone don't you right when you're in the car yeah and then and the other thing is there's undulations as well like the flat of the tracks like silverstone um they're they're sort of easier mentally to get your head around because basically it's just a set of turns whereas like alton park where you've got undulations and and those changes in attitude add another dimension and the surface of the track is not even either so yeah. that adds another dimension which so you you might your mind's working a lot faster so they yeah they seem to take a lot longer to go around they? Yeah. even though they i mean they Probably are a little bit more like yeah mentally challenging They're as well it's like you come away from a weekend and like You're I, knackered. I i do like a lot of training and it's not so much my body that feels tired it's like mentally draining especially mm. i think you, you know you're driving at what 140 40 plus miles an hour in points so unbelievable. yeah <laughs> unbelievable yeah. and you got you got to fight with other races alongside yeah, you as yeah, well yeah. Like, so, oh, so many things that go wrong of, and a lot of the circuits you're averaging 100 mile an hour that's so a complete you, lap yeah kind of complete lap so you're averaging yeah. so yeah it gets a little it does fry your brain doesn't it yeah um is there anything that's happened to you in your career that's kind of uh i want to say has have you any accidents or any crashes but is there anything that's made you sort of hesitant and what you do uh so i had a really yeah. big crash in germany like when i was uh i think i was 18 at the time 1918 2008 and um so I, I was racing in the european championships out in germany and basically in the easiest way to kind of describe it over podcast uh basically a cart but a very quick full body like a full fairing six speed sequential cart so they only had a 250 cc engine but they basically it's as quick as what we're doing now but mm. you you've got no seat belts on nothing you're literally wow. just in it in the car and um tea tray yeah and basically 60 carts on the grid rolling starts and so the the, the crash that i had basically well it was basically on the start so rolling start i'd had a bit of a bad qualifying with a few issues with the car so i was starting sort of front but just back from the first few uh, and the two leaders on the start basically clashed wheels starts basically spinning so uh, kind of like Spa 95 with the F1 when like, they had the massive, massive pressure to start there and basically I ended up being tapped, spun round come to a stop and basically someone from the back of the grid you can imagine these carts do 0-60 in less than 3 seconds by wow. the time 60th place is coming through they're, at the start line they're doing 100 mile an hour so basically T-boned broken pelvis broken ribs oh, wow. out in germany uh and i had all my dream out there so yeah i was in hospital for two weeks out there bless uh, you man bless yeah. you yeah but it's one of them I, it was 
It was probably about six months, really, kind of like almost like learning to walk again. Yeah, I was going to say, what does that do to your psyche? Like, does that really like mess you up psychologically? Like, struggle to get back in the car or just no, straight back in? No, that's you? the weird thing. Yeah, straight back in the car. So, the, I think I did a couple of little test days, but the first race I did back, coming back from that, which was uh, 2009, so it was about six, eight months later, um, we went out and we were racing at Anglesey. And it was the first race, it wasn't the first race of the season, but I think it was. Basically, they had like a one-off uh, race within this race weekend, which was yeah. for what they called like the UK Cup. So it was like quite a prestigious race. And um, I remember sort of being on the grid and we hadn't been that competitive all weekend. And I was like, I really want to win this race. I really want to win it. I'd like it. It's all one that eluded me a little bit. So we went out and I was running sort of in the top three. And I think it was the last lap of the race. And I'm literally, I, I knew where I wanted to make this overtake and I think it was about two corners to go, lunged up the inside, got the lead and literally did everything I could to like make my car as wide as possible and uh, crossed the line, won the race literally by a hair's whisker and um, we got back to the pits and that was like the first time I'd like really sort of like push my body at that point and uh, I remember being sat back in part Fermi when we got back and everyone else gets out of the carts literally my legs were just like seized in the car like because of my pelvis it just seized up so I sat there and it was waving my arms and like obviously when you're in part Fermi it's just you and the car or car mm. um, and then like a few marshals and whoever else is around but obviously parents and anyone who's with the teams that are allowed in so I'm sat there like waving my arms and my dad's there like looking at me and he's like I need to get in there I need to get in there and literally had to pick me up and carry me back to like the caravan because literally I just couldn't walk because like everything just seized back up again <laughs> oh my god so you yeah. really pushed yourself past, yeah. past that limit of yeah wow yeah that, that's, so. that goes to show you what competitiveness can do yeah. to, to someone you know yeah. how much you I mean um, yeah that's unbelievable uh, what's that feel like the, the rush of winning a race like that on the last lap or you know that just yeah it's, it's one of them you just you, you almost kind of can't describe it sometimes because it's just like that like I don't know like euphoric feeling isn't it and you mm. almost just sort of like sit back afterwards and you're like almost a bit speechless sometimes yeah. but then other times you sort of just um, I suppose it's like how hard you fight I remember a couple of years back we were racing in, in the F1000 and it's probably the hardest year we'd had we'd racing against a, a young guy who'd come in who was like really competitive and it literally went down to the to the wire and I think it was at Donington Park the race before the last race and I knew I had to win this race to basically take the championship fight to the next round to keep it going and um, he, he got away at the start and I was it was nipping took all the way through the race literally within a second and it was the last half of the race two corners uh, three corners ago and I just kind of got close enough to sort of start showing my nose a little bit and he'd made just a small little mistake and I thought if I can put him under pressure now with two corners to go like I'm, I've got an outside chance here and I basically did a bit of like a, a mantle kind of move like kind of dummied him went went to the inside he I went to cover it, I went to the outside he outbraked himself went deep into the corner I passed him with two corners to go and I remember like crossing the line and just like banging the steering wheel like it's one of them you just like it's probably like the best feeling in the world Amazing. you know you try you push yourself the whole race trying to catch him and like you just get him on the last lap and it's like you just kind of like explode with that emotion don't you the closest i've got to that is probably a video game do you know what i mean i'll <laughs> never know what that feels like yeah. it's just unbelievable living the dream man uh, so it sounds like we're putting perpetuum together 
you found your right, the right guy in Lee's. It's this guy just he's just racing through and through, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really made a huge difference to me from being sort of well back of the grid to now sort of I'm sort of a mid mid runner now, which yeah is quite a. It doesn't sound much of an achievement, but you know when you you put it in context with what is probably one of the fastest, most competitive grids. Mm certainly in club sport yeah um yeah I'm, i've done quite well and, and then my times at silverstone this time were were easily comparable for like fifth position in previous years but the whole grid just went that little bit quicker and there was only seconds between oh yeah like two seconds covered the whole, whole grid. field of like 25 you know, cars yeah cars so and to get in there you know it was in the mix was really good but yeah, my my Silverstone didn't finish too well because in the end my engine blew up and I caught fire. So, um, oh no! So yeah, I was I was the uh, <laughs> I was the hu- the human um, torch fireball going down yeah. the down the final straight. But yeah, <laughs> ended up a bit of a mess. But never mind. Well, I mean, you've got you've got something to attain towards now. You got you got well, right, almost like um, it's the coaching really. Yeah, and you know, and we you know we as a as a team. Um, like when we're, we're off to um, Brands Hatch next weekend um, and we've got a third driver now that's just joined our team and again you know he's joined predominantly because obviously with Lee there the coaching and the advice is is mm. brilliant so yeah. it enables you to up your game really and try and get somewhere near these these front runners yeah I mean, I, 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 I love my Formula One and stuff, and you know, you hear about team tactics and all these things that get thrown, these, these phrases that get thrown around. And I do always wonder what it's like to to be in a, a racing team because you, you're both rivals, but you're a team at the same time. You know, and what, what would it be like if you if you pipped him to a position or he pipped you? Like you got, I think there's much chance of me ever pipping this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we but, do, do. I mean, yeah, occasionally we. I mean, well. Uh, um, Donington last weekend we were actually only one position away on the on the grid weren't we yeah, start yeah, the grid yeah. Um, so yeah watching him go off and trying to keep up with him is quite interesting but yeah. <laughs> I can imagine not, not today Andy <laughs> see you later yeah, yeah I, have, I have self-preservation <laughs> what, what goes into running a, 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 a motorsport team like this then is it hard is it, hard, is it a case of uh, a lot yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a massive it's... amount of work that yeah, what you see at the circuits is only really half of what goes on in the Yeah, I imagine, yeah. Probably less yeah. than half, really, yeah. in a way. It's like you, you spend three, four... I mean, we, we usually race, say, six times a year. On average, it's normally a month apart each race, sort of through from April till September, October. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, it's it's like three three weeks of like not solid work, but like hard work behind the scenes to go there. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah. possibly mm. you know two, one day of racing or two days of racing. You say racing's so. probably about twenty five percent of what you guys actually yeah, do because yeah. a lot of testing, a lot of practicing, uh, engine building, trying to acquire parts. And I imagine that's not easy to build mm. cars, right? No, I mean it's in, yeah we've we ba- we've we started from when we formed obviously Perpetuum originally. It was just obviously me and Lee, and we were sort of a bit what's the word sort of quietly at it really but we suddenly realised that we did we weren't very well organised and because obviously none of us had ever run a team yeah, like that before yeah, yeah. but luckily Lee's father's a builder so and I had enough space so he built us a a purpose built unit so we've got a proper 
unit. Space, yeah. So nice. So we've got a very we've got a dedicated workshop for these cars. Mm. Um, with we've got enough space for effectively five Jedi's in in the workshop, and we've got things like flat patches, which are where you set them up. Which again, not many people are lucky enough to have. So we've got a perfectly flat area yeah. where we can put our scales and our setup equipment which again at the moment one of the problems that lee's car had when we went to donnington was all setup issues so you know at the moment that's sat on the patch which we're desperately trying to get that finished mm, for yeah. next weekend <laughs> so um yeah that's it where we'll be heading after here <laughs> it must be super heartbreaking and frustrating when like you know you, you feel like you've got everything right with the car you get to race day and you go to turn the key and they keep, you know these problems happen like yeah. you know and we don't tend to in fairness we're, we don't have, tend to have those sorts of issues we have failure yeah. um, because the cars are very they push they push everything to 100% mm -hmm. and of course when you put a driver like Lee in it as well then it gets pushed to 110% yeah, especially um, when you're looking for like that final five, like, little, no, no, especially little like, tiny bit of the very those top, tiny yeah. bits that's where the, the stresses come mm, on the car yeah. and there's a lot of parts that are lifed so you only you've only got effectively um, 15 races in a, say a front a stub, pair of front stub axles so things are, are, are permanently going out of out of tolerance so we throw them away start again um so we tend we're very well prepared in the fact that everything is changed serviced built properly but then you get still get failures because everything is uh, pushed to the max yeah so yeah. and that's when things say uh, but most of our problems tend to be usually electronic don't they usually yeah, it's usually electrical yeah it's usually i drive electric. a citroen i know exactly what that's yeah. like um <laughs> obviously with our cars it's the fact that it's a race car that's had a bike engine put into it so yeah it's it's, it's kind of made to fit in it so it, you know and there's a lot of parts obviously on like the loom for the bike that you don't mm. need indicators lights all this sort of stuff that's on there which you've got to kind of like get rid of out of it but without causing any other electrical issues as well okay and then like you're adding like constantly like new parts onto it as well so like your your lap time is like instrumentation maybe. instrumentation yeah, yeah so yeah. It, then that usually causes like little issues in the electric so it usually always like says it little niggly electrical so you're issues. having to like give this this machine a brand new nervous system yeah spread it across the machine and sometimes it's not working right uh, yeah. okay i mean it's difficult i mean let's talk about the weekend because i've just written the, the weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> a race weekend right so let's talk about the builder what's it like for you guys because you've got test 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 make sure everything's going um how does the weekend go for you so before the race the night before the race what's that like for you guys is it stressful well, no, no, the night before the race for us is actually not stressful. The, it's usually the the week before. It's, I guess. it's the getting there that's stressful yeah, because yeah. of um, we have obviously, um, well, typically this weekend. So this weekend we're we're at Brands Hatch. We're we're not in garages this weekend. So we're actually in in the outer paddock. So we have we take awnings and so and and temporary flooring. So we have a a whole garage setup that we have to set up on Thursday night ready for testing on Friday. So like this week we'll be finishing the cars, loading the lorry, trailers, vans to shift down on Thursday afternoon. Wow. So but we're not allowed into Brands Hatch until seven PM. But well, between seven PM 
we then got to set up ready for for Friday morning testing. Um, so be, we've got three car. Obviously, three cars will be out. So how many personnel? Um, there will be seven of us. Yeah. Wow. So um, so obviously three drivers and three mechanics and um, team manager. So um, yeah, we've got to set that all up on Thursday evening. That's the stressful bit. Once you get testing on Friday, once you're through testing, you've done a couple of runs, you settle down because you know the car is... Don't overdo it. Yeah, yeah. and, you know the and also they've been, they've been rebuilt between yeah. the last meeting. So they've been stripped down, rebuilt, ready to go. So it's not wow. until that first run that you know that it's back together and working properly. And then you can relax. And then really the Friday night is, is quite... It's just a case of cleaning them down ready yeah. and then yeah sit down have a meal chill out go to yeah. bed a couple of beers or no i don't no no, no. but maybe obviously our mechanics do they <laughs> they usually have a few few beers I bet they do they yeah. love it they love a beer <laughs> um but yeah not for me i'm never i'm not a big drinker and um nor are you are you no. so so yeah we early night really lee what do you, uh, do you have a routine or are you suspicious or anything like that are you got any like um um not not massively yeah. there's just like little kind of things i do maybe like before a race so like things suspicious i meant superstitious <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the hot that's the uh the main thing for me is yeah. a good fry up yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a really good breakfast yeah good sense. breakfast yeah. start the day off yeah um nothing like really too major i i i kind of do like a little sort of like wrist uh exercise that i do like usually when i'm sat in the car on the grid so like i like stretch like my like my wrists out so like push like my fingers back and like push my wrist forward yeah just like stretching it all out because your hands are the main thing that are doing all the work and mm. it's your hands that have a lot of the feel for the car so if you can have as much feel through them hands as possible you're going to feel every movement the car's doing yeah um well yeah nothing nothing like okay too major really okay. no and you get to uh you get to the, the race morning um What's that, what's that morning like for you guys? The morning before the race, I imagine it's uh, is exciting for you guys, or is it nerve-wracking, or what's it, what are you feeling? It's exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. It's, it, it's, it's like weird, isn't it, sometimes? Cause like, so our race weekend normally consists of, so Saturdays we do qualifying in the morning and a race in the afternoon, and then Sunday, if it's a free race weekend, we'll do two more races on the Sunday. Um, if it's a one-day meet, then it's quite a compact schedule, so we'll do qualifying and two races all in a day so that's stressful so that, that can be, that's probably actually the most stressful yeah. weekend when you've so got a single turnaround because turnaround time for the mechanics because obviously the cars they're not like a a road car that you just keep going around and around, and no, around. Yeah, yeah. each time they come in there's a there's a full procedure to prep it back for otherwise things fall off it yeah. <laughs> so um all the suspension has to be nut and bolt checked checked for cracks replaced uh cleaned down um, and are these are these machines easier to sort of take apart than like your average car? Because I, I mean, like, uh, I had a problem with my again. Like I said, I, I drive a Citroen, and, and Shane, who's not he's not here, he sends his apologies. He's a mechanic, and to fix one thing in on one car, he has to take another thing out and then put another thing. Get reached down. You know, is it easier to, to sort of take one thing off a car and replace it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for reason, they're quite yeah. they're quite simple to work on in a way, aren't they? Like, yeah, yeah, everything's yeah. quite easy accessible, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they. I mean, they're they're very easy things to to work on. Um, yeah. But there's just quite a, the, the procedure from turning it from round from finishing a race to putting it back on the grid is 
quite long-winded really I imagine yeah. um, and that's that's what takes the time but again the guys are, are proficient at it so you know they know they, they come in but when we're on a, a single day qualifying and then two races the turnaround time between going back out is is so tight that if there is an issue it's almost impossible to get it resolved between the next race they yeah. can literally just service the car and send it that's all the time they've got really yeah. Um, yes, it all sounds so complicated. I mean, one more question about before the race, by the way, because I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get my listeners and myself in the in the in the in the seat with you guys, right? Yeah. The lights. Yeah. I'm thinking uh, when they go, when they all go red and then they come off, they kick off. What is going through your mind as soon as those <laughs> lights go off? Because it. Uh, we'll start with you, Lee. Obviously, you, you know you've been doing this since you were a kid. What's what's going through your brain then? I guess nothing. Everything. What? Um, yeah, I suppose a bit of everything in there because you you kind of you've got the lights coming on so you you know you see this five second board come on you start building the revs up so you sort of sat there the car shaking you're ready to go lights come on i suppose it depends where you're on the grid as well so if you you know if i'm on pole it's like right i've got to nail this star i've got to get to that corner first corner first because if i don't get to that first corner first then you know my race becomes a lot harder than it should be so if you start maybe sort of Donington Park, I ended up having a bit of an off in race one, starting in 15th. So in that case, it's like I've got to make as many places on the start as possible. I've got to nail this start. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's like that little, you, you always pat yourself on the back a little bit when you when you nail that start. You, you It's almost, it's amazing, isn't it? You, you have a start one day and it's a bit like you've bogged down a bit, you get a bit of too much wheel spin. When you nail that start and it's perfect, you just... I've played Mario Kart, man. I know what it's like. Yeah, <laughs> two seconds ago, you've got to get on that front, haven't you? Yeah, and oh, it's... Wow. Um, but yeah, and obviously cars going everywhere, you know, you might get someone stalling in front can, of you on the grid and you've got to dive around them or... You can know. friendships disappear from the lights? Um, <laughs> oh, yes, but you, you, yeah. you know... Our grid's quite good. You know, within club sport, it's, it's quite nice because everyone who I race with, especially like in that front sort of majority of the grid within that sort of top the A eight. team, the A team, yeah. Yeah, they, everyone has respect for each other. So, you know, everyone is out there, everyone's in, in respect, risking their life every mm. time they go in a car. So, mm. within reason, I think everyone's pretty good, to be fair. But at the if same it's fair, time, it's fair. Right? At the yeah. same time, we're not, you know, scared to go and race millimeters it's apart, really, yeah, you know. Really so, yeah, you know, I mean, so yeah, it's a competition, isn't it? Otherwise, yeah, yeah. If it, you know, you wouldn't turn up otherwise, would you? So, yeah. What about you, Andy? What are you like at the lights? What, what goes for you? My the starts for me are always like the best bit because yeah. I'm actually quite good at that. Um, yeah, I always get a very. I always seem to be able to get a very good start. I can always usually gain sort of four or five places. I get. I don't always keep them, but I can certainly gain them off off the line, and I love the start. But yeah, it's, it's, you you do a thing called a green flag lap. So you come out of assembly, you go around, you do a tire warming lap, and then you come onto your grid slot, and then obviously five seconds red lights and go. And um, the green flag lap is like is the only time that I feel a little bit apprehensive, you know. And then when you're into that that grid position, and the boards go up and the revs lift and yeah, the adrenaline goes through the roof, you, and you just so that's, off. that 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 formation lap is your time to sort of give Psych yourself a psych up. up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna do this, yeah. or, or, 
Or in these cases, it's always luck on the back. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, my God, you guys are living the absolute dream. I, 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 see, I'm putting myself in your position now. I mean, I've been, to, I've been to watch motorsport. I've kind of been in the thick of it as a marshal when I was a teenager. But as, a, as an actual competitor, it just sounds like the most... Oh, it sounds orgasmic I think is the best way to do it like you're building up to this moment and then bam it's there you know it is yeah, yeah. Um, it is it's, it's for us obviously our races are 15 minutes long and it's and it's well 20 minutes if you count the green flag lap of yeah. of adrenaline yeah and, um, but it's exhausting absolutely and it's, said earlier, you know, it's, it's brilliant yeah. to, to lift you mm. yeah lift your mind to that that state where you don't really get it any other yeah. time yeah and um, yeah, it's push you. You push yourself. Um, how do you how do you grow uh, a motorsport team then? Obviously, there's prize money, the purses, kitties you can win, or I mean, how do, how do you how do you make Unfortunately, there's very little. Everything goes in and nothing yeah. comes out. Yeah, especially in, in, to be fair, in club sport and even up to sort of some of like the sort of semi-professional stuff, it, there's not a lot of prize money really out there. You might find the odd series that's got. You might win a car, like win one of the cars at the end of it or something. But yeah, there's not a lot. It's all sort of self-finance and obviously finance through help of sponsors, I suppose. Yeah, such which is as obviously, obviously our D4 opener. drivers where we're filming today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D4 drivers. Yeah. Brian yeah. over there. Um, <laughs> we'll be bringing Brian on in a second, by the way. Don't worry, guys. We'll get to speak to them. Um, I, I, I mean. I'm on a podcast. It's self-funded, and we get we get sponsorships now and again. Um, is uh, I know what it's like to try and find people out there to give you money for what you do, love to do. Like it's not it's not easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, how how do you, what's the future like for perpetual racing? Are you enjoying this? Is this gonna is this something that's gonna be about for a few years? Yeah, yeah. I mean we we we've sort of we're very much on the sort of start of our our journey. Really, you know, we've we had a couple of years with just myself and Lee and um, and we've sort of grown the team and and we are you know we're we're getting to a point now where we're we're, we're definitely what I would term semi-professional yeah um, you know we've got professional mechanics that look after us on the day you know we have professional mechanics that come in and look after the cars you know we've got a very we've got a very purpose-built unit you know which we're this year we'll probably expand wow. um, and we're going to add further facilities so the plan is really to just keep growing the team Shane's going to be kicking himself not coming today <laughs> he's going to be, um, I bet he'd love to play with those cars and uh, you know at the moment we run we run three cars in an F1000 we do have another car we're planning we've been looking at other championships that might be you know of interest in the future and possibly next year we'll add a fourth car to F1000 grid as well mm. which again the grid in F1000 is growing at such a such a massive rate at the yeah. moment it's almost at the point now where it's like reserve list to get so on the grid yeah, yeah. To, so it's, so they it's create a, like a, almost like the the premiership type thing so you have like a league one and a league two you know uh, sort of thing. they did that like a few years back didn't they they kind of had the main championship and then like sort of like a, a an under championship which was but, slightly un, yeah the cars weren't up to full championship specs in other words you could run yeah. a car that wasn't quite up to date mm. but it's hasn't really taken off most people will yeah most people want to do the full championship mm, and full they'll championship upgrade and their car to the to the latest spec and run it in that um well, i suppose it makes it more exciting like say you I mean if you go back to 2014 15 you know there's races where the grid was dropping down to like as little as like 11 cars 12 cars 
and now we're averaging well over 20. So like Brantach this weekend, we've got 25. Um, yeah, 25 cars are on the grid for this weekend. Yeah. Which yeah. crazy. So, so around Brantach, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I've, I've played racing games and I know Brands Hatch is very compact and very hard it's not yeah. it's a very technical track um, uh, yeah this is all very fun have you guys like grown a fan base as well I imagine there's people that are fans of your team and um, buy merch off your own what's, what's going on there we haven't with that? quite got into that bit yet have we oh you no. definitely need to yeah. definitely yeah. need to we've um, yeah we probably do need to start doing yeah. something I mean like that, we, really. we all really kind of properly got going probably Two years ago, really, we we sort of because I think was it twenty seventeen. I don't know we started running together. Yeah, or twenty eighteen might have been. But yeah, we yeah, it's only really probably the last two years we've sort of like really started getting everything together now. So okay, okay. probably yeah, the next year. Probably the worst time to start a racing team, right? Right, just before a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, last year was a bit of a washout, but yeah, we still did manage to get out a few yeah, times. Yeah, we did a couple of races, didn't we? So yeah. it was obviously back end of the year. Um, but yeah, this year, hopefully full year and probably yeah, going into next year, mm. maybe expand the team a little bit further then yeah, who knows. I would love to bring the me and Shane and some microphones, maybe a couple of cameras as well, come to yeah. a race weekend with you yeah, guys. That would amazing. be amazing. Yeah, and come to Alton Park. Yeah. It's only up the road. Yeah. When, 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 when? <laughs> we'll Se- be there. September. Yeah, September, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, so. we'll give you the dates after. But yeah, that'd be great. Uh, okay. certainly capture some of the noise then on your podcast as well oh yeah that we'll have to probably be like we turn that car off we've got microphones coming we could do like almost like what Netflix do with Formula yeah it's a better drive to survive F1000 that show's amazing you that'd see, be quite funny yeah our own drive to survive um, <laughs> yeah I mean like we, we have the ESOP thing as well because I've got a network which is transatlantic so that'd be nice to sort of uh get a feel for this for them, our American listeners and be like, you know, because comparing motorsports, motorsports all over the place in America, oh, they've yeah. got all sorts going on, haven't they? But we're British, you know, it's kind of like, this is what we were, we do, like British people, have, this, we started this thing. Now for motorsport. Yeah, we? we are, yeah. Especially my brother is an, a massive fan of everything motorsport. He does um, e-racing e online. And okay, he's, yeah, he's a yeah. commentator. Um, and it's, it's also, it's hilarious because I've, if you, Show me what he did, and I watched it. I thought, oh my god, this is going to be terrible. I could just imagine going, and he's coming around the corner, you know, doing all this sort of stuff. He was, he was actually really, really good. He really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's, what's the best things for you about this? Why, why do you do this? Why? Uh, m- makes why? you feel alive. Yeah? Yeah, makes you, yeah. That's, that's what you do it all for. It's all that hard work, the prep, purely for those 15 minutes of adrenaline. You feel very much alive. Yeah. And then you feel alive for an hour after. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you're still buzzing and shaking at the prospect of what you've just been through. I imagine. But, um, yeah, and then, you know, and then reliving it in your memory afterwards, aren't you? For pictures. For the next videos, couple of weeks and yeah, pictures and videos. Head, and, yeah. And, yeah, so that, yeah, that's why we do it. Well, that's what, certainly what I do it for. Mm. Um, cool. Uh, podiums for you uh, things like that you know I'm, I'm, I'm not just just counting you from podiums no, no. right away but Lee, Lee's been doing this for a long like what is it like being up there like spraying the champagne you know you've oh, won yeah. a race yeah it's amazing it's um, probably the best podium I mean probably the best podium I've ever been on was uh, Spa 2014 so I was on the podium at Spa and wow. I actually up on like where the F1 podium is uh, or like obviously like team members down below so I, that was amazing you know coming out there um but yeah, it's it's just one of the feelings you can't kind of like 
relive you know that's why you do it, isn't it? you want to be up on that podium yeah um holding that trophy on the bottle of champagne spraying it over the person you just beat <laughs> <laughs> save some in the bowl for later <laughs> i do wonder if they go back and they're like oh there's none left <laughs> um who's your inspiration when it comes to racing who, who who do you think of who do you aspire to be um ooh, apart from lee you know tough one isn't it um I've never really been like a massive fan of like any one driver, but I've always been quite a big fan, probably up until the last couple of years of like Ferrari. So whoever's been kind of like the lead driver of Ferrari, so Michael Schumacher, Fernando Alonso, both like kind of massive inspirations, yeah. you know, both drive, I mean, probably Schumacher, probably a little bit more calculated of a driver, whereas Alonso yeah. is sort of more of a, you know, just flat out driver. Um, ballsy, yeah, ballsy, yeah, <laughs> ballsy. yeah. If you watch them, it's like on board. It's just like amazing, isn't it? But yeah, um, yeah probably them two really. Um, Schumacher has obviously sort of like grown up with the man who was seven times world champion. You know, yeah. you know, it's um, and like some of the stuff he could do in a car was like amazing. Not Ralph like, Schumacher, then. No, no, <laughs> not Ralph. No, no, no. Blessing. Go trying to go against Michael Schumacher, his own brother. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, what about when we talk about races and, and, and people? Is there My, mine uh, would be a bit off the wall. Mine was Tony Pond. Yeah. Yeah, because of um, I used to do a bit of rallying when I was a lot younger, and um, yeah, so Tony Pond, and I used to be amazed by that man. Um, and obviously after that was Colin McRae yeah God bless him yeah and yeah quite an amazing guy so those were two rally drivers really not circuit drivers we used to do a bit of that as well the, the, I mean that's where it went from the, the rally marshal into Alton Park it kind of progressed and I remember somebody who's I needed to get to a point and the course car was like jump in don't worry let's go and chucked your helmet and went and oh my god and that was like, don't ever do it guys it's, it's crazy driving in a rally car at rally speeds is just oh, scary <laughs> I enjoyed it um, you guys are amazing and uh, yeah I would definitely love to come and, and uh, bring a tent me and Shane I don't know whatever <laughs> and we'll come and we'll come and camp out with you guys for yeah. a weekend a race weekend and yeah, we'll, we'll, amazing. We'll, yeah get some f- f- uh, photographs we'll, we'll get like three or four podcasts that we can release on the, on the weekend day uh, one yeah. day two day three yep what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I'm well up for that. Yeah? Yeah. You get yeah. much more of a feel of the weekend then as you go through. Yeah. yeah. Just don't put me in the car with you guys. I'm like, ah, ah, screaming all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got single seats. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. No. Uh, don't, don't put me anywhere near it, honestly. <laughs> oh, no. You guys have been amazing. Thank you for chatting chat to me. Now, what we're going to do, I'm going to invite Brian. Brian! <laughs> He's going to come over and chat to us. Right, okay, so now we're joined with Ryan, not Brian, uh, from <laughs> D for Drivers. Um, where does this happen for you guys? Do you guys sponsor Perpetuum Racing? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're a, a private medical provider for um, professional drivers, so, so not just your car drivers, but HGV bus drivers and uh, motorsport competitors. So we were formed by a, a doctor who uh, essentially noticed that... Uh, Drivers needed a medical for their license. Um, the motorsport competitors needed a medical, uh, but NHS GPs didn't want to do it. So uh, they were they were charging uh, extortionate rates, so 100 pounds plus for for a quite a straightforward medical, which consists of a medical questionnaire, eyesight test, and blood pressure check. Um, so we started doing these medicals, and then uh, I think uh, one one of our directors actually approached Andy yeah. uh, and said that we'd we'd like to work with them. 
Uh, I don't know if you can tell us a little bit more about that, Andy, because it was yourself that... Yeah, that, so, yeah, obviously, Hannah um, had noticed the fact that, that I was involved in, obviously, the F1000 Championship, and she had already done her homework that that we were one of the premier championships at club sport, and obviously club sport... We were was, just the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and, uh, the, and obviously club sport is predominantly where of the volume market for for motorsport medicals was so wanted to get d4 drivers out there for that so yeah. she approached me about whether we was interested in working with d4 drivers which obviously we were yeah, of um and and it sort of progressed from there it took probably six to seven months to sort of iron out really um and then we've our partnership sort of grown from there really and now d4 drivers are a massive part of of what we do um yeah. our cars are all full liveried vehicles Very are liveried yeah. people are liveried yeah. um and and they're a massive part of what we do every time we go out so yeah and we hadn't done anything like that before so uh, like andy says it took a few months to iron out because we we hadn't done anything like it before and it was it was really exciting to sort of become part of it um we uh, so, so we do the the motorsport medicals and we because of covid they actually suspended the need for a medical over the last 12 months okay. um, so as a, as a medical provider obviously that's not not great for us yeah. just well from a medical point of view we, we were, were quite shocked you're going to take by our main source of income away from us okay uh, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but just from a medical point of view is um it, it was a sort of a, a strange decision but but working with um with these guys in perpetuum has, has been great for us because it's got us a uh, sort of an inroad into the into the motorsport um industry so Motorsport UK, known to most people as the MSA, Motorsport Association, we're now a partner with them. So we provide medicals for any member of the uh, of Motorsport UK. Anyone who's got a license can get the medical with us discounted. Um, so it's been great for us to get into the into the industry. Yeah. Um, um, it kind of makes sense, you know. D4 drivers, you guys do medical for drivers. You know, uh, sort of sponsor a racing team. It makes sense, like. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and like Andy said, it's great that the all the uh, all the team wear all the all the um, the cars where they the the, the, the trucks that you, you put the cars in to drive to all the race circuits. It's all um, liveried with D4 drivers branding. So it's it's great for us that we've got the the name out there, so people know what we're about, what what we're doing. It'd be good. I mean, have you ever thought of like just turning up with a car? Put it in Town Square in 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 Shrewsbury. Just be like, here we are, you know, sort of thing. Well, not not quite that, but we have discussed previously um, some trade shows that we do, uh, not just for for motorsport, but some of the trade shows we do for um, say HGV like truck fests because they're a little bit bigger uh, for us. It's a, it's a bigger market, so we go to a lot of them. Um, and you find uh, at shows like that, obviously, we provide a service rather than a, a product. Yes, so it's, yeah. it, it sometimes can be a little bit tricky to get people to come into your stand because what are you offering other than medicals? Mm. So obviously, you've got families there, kids there. Everyone so needs an MOT from time to time, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but well, the point being though, that we're, we, we have looked at, and it's again, it's been put on hold because of COVID and we, we've stopped doing the shows so much, but we we're hoping that we can get uh, one or two of the cars um, at at our stand because it gives people a sort of a, a reason to come in kids want to jump in the car mm. and it's a bit more exciting for them 
I imagine. I imagine. Have you been to some of the race weekends? Have you guys been not, to? Not personally, no. I think as, as Grant's been, Grant's been yes, yeah. our owner is a, a massive motorsport enthusiast himself. And that was another reason where, where this came from, really. He really wanted to get on board with it. So he's been to been to a couple of the of the race weekends um, and taken the all of our like our um, flags and, and, and banners, the one that you sat in front of there. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's really cool, because um, you, you're giving life to this, 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 this. You know, not only are you offering an amazing service, um, medicals for drivers, but you're also offering life, you know, life force to this race team. You know, and yeah. that's it's like almost symbiotic, isn't it? You know, they, they help you by showing people who you are, and you help them with a bit of funding. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly in the last uh, sort of six to twelve months, we've we've had a, a PR company work with us to sort of promote these guys a bit more than we have been previously, nice. and it's been yeah. working really well, as you can see. Yeah, that's why you're here. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll tell people where they can find you and what you. So, say someone brings uh, D for drivers today, yes. uh, uh, and they want the services. What would they get from you? So, as I say, we, we were formed in Shrewsbury. I think about seven or eight years ago. It's just before I joined the company, um, and and since starting in Shrewsbury, doing one clinic a week, we're now uh, in Vanessa, Truro, and about eighty-five locations in between, wow. uh, running clinics in most locations once or twice a week, and more or less every single weekend, because obviously. People are work a lot of a lot of people that we see are working Monday to Friday, so they need out of hours appointments, and that's a another reason why they come to us rather than their own GP because yeah. they find it easier to get an appointment. So they would just come to us either by phone or online. We've got a UK-based call centre right here in Shrewsbury, uh, open seven days a week, um, and and they would simply give us a call. We get them booked in. Most people are seen within five days, so it's uh, again we we're just trying to offer. A, uh, a, a cost-efficient alternative to the to the traditional option, which was your NHS GP, mm-hmm. and also in the last sort of 12 to 18 months, um, it's been a real uh, sort of help to the NHS. Our service, uh, it's released the burden that they've had yeah, because a lot of NHS GPs simply haven't been able to do this work. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, Motorsport UK and DVLA, who are the other um, authority that we we work with in providing these medicals, suspended the requirement for a medical because. Uh, NHS GPs simply couldn't provide the service but here we are 12 months on and we're seeing more people than ever because uh, more people are needing medical. I mean I don't know if anybody's tried to ring up the GP and try and book an appointment lately but it's not easy it's really not easy so if you need these requirements to go and do your job it's easy exactly. you can just walk in get, your, get your, your medical certificates whatever you need to do and get back to work right? Exactly that's it yeah so it's all about providing like a cost efficient um, service for drivers that, that suits them yeah. and that's what we've yeah. always based our service on what what the customer wants and, uh, and you know I, 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 I've worked all the way through the pandemic and I work in Telford so back in two back in two so I got to drive on the roads when they were so beautiful and clear and it was just amazing to drive on but one thing you'd see you'd always see HGV lorries up and back and down because they're, they're the backbone of, of, of industry you know exactly. they keep the world turning and, and so like the, these services are very important obviously. yeah well they're the definition of key workers aren't they yeah. um, there's a bit of a, a, a running joke amongst our clientele that it was some of the um, most stress-free, dr- stress-free driving over the last 12 months without anyone else on the roads yeah. uh, but no they, they they are I think people uh, forget that they are like you say the backbone of the country yeah. providing vital services without them then you don't have food stocked up on the shelves in your, in your local supermarket uh, and another question would you ever 
get behind the wheel of an F1000 car <laughs> and take you around the track. I, I'm, I'm not sure the missus would let me. I, I don't think I don't think it would be a good idea. Um, I don't think I'd have the I don't think I'd have the skill that, that that Lee and Andy have. It's definitely not. Although from from overhearing them when they're when they're talking about it, you can certainly see why why you do it because the the thrill, like you said, it makes you feel alive. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, it would certainly be a good experience. I imagine. I imagine. Well. I have really enjoyed today's interviews, guys. Thank you so much for, for letting me do this. Uh, thanks to it's Becky, isn't it, from the PR? Yeah, from Jay and PR. Thank you for the email. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to get more involved with what you guys are doing because uh, you guys are shoes with bass. You do like, you're going out like kicking ass and you're doing these amazing things. And um, I think it just makes sense that we sort of like sort of uh, give you guys that sort of um, that PR. Like, I want to help you guys. You know, I want to yeah. sort of. Um, so illustrate what you guys are going through. So my, my head's just gone. <laughs> Words for a podcast are just gone. So thank you very much for joining uh, joining me today, guys. It's been thank really you. good. Yeah, thank you very uh, much. Thanks for coming. No, it's good, man. It's really good. I've really enjoyed it. Tell people where they can find uh, you on social media, websites, what have you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're d4drivers.uk um, online. Uh, you'll see us on the internet. You'll see us on Trustpilot. We've got over 4,000 reviews. Uh, you'll see us on Facebook, uh, which is just Driver Medicals. Uh, likewise on Twitter uh, and we've recently got an Instagram a, a lot of our content features Lee and Andy uh, mm-hmm. especially on the weekends when they've been racing uh, and, and on Instagram we're just D4 drivers uh, and Andy uh, Perpetuum uh, where, where, we, where are you guys on social media? Uh, yeah mainly Facebook, Instagram are the main two uh, so yeah just literally Perpetuum Motorsport um, yeah we like say we kind of Made sure all uh, D4 drivers are on there because that's kind of our main push as well. So yeah, Instagram was like massive. The, I went uh, to Fundy for that. He went, no, 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 over here. Yeah, there. over <laughs> me, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely going to get into a bit more uh, content on there. It's sort of, we only started it up actually, probably start of the year, I think, really, just to sort of like really start pushing stuff out there for it. Right. So um, yeah, Perfection Motorsport, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Make sure you give these guys a follow, uh, listeners, uh, because they do great stuff. Um, and also, if you know, if you if you you know near and you hear Perpetuum Race uh, Motorsport turning up at Alton Park or Donington, and go and give them a watch. People can come yeah. watch, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and say hello. Yeah, come yeah. say hello. Come and have a yeah. sit in the car. Come and have your picture taken in the car. Why not? Get, awesome. get Lee or Andy's autograph as well while you're there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'll have to make sure I get it before I go today. Uh, <laughs> remind me. <yeah>. Um, <laughs> also, need to tell you guys about something that we're doing at the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We're going to be um, we're going to be doing a 24-hour live podcast on the 29th of September at 9 a.m. I'm going to I'm going to go live, and I'm not going to stop until 9 a.m. on the 30th. You're going to get 12 hours of the Shrewsbury Biscuit continuously live and then you're going to get 12 hours of USUK US UK the event network that I do and the idea is to raise money for Lingen Davis we're going to the idea of this is all the microphones the people I've spoken to the resources that we've managed to and friends that we've gathered around the world over the years we're going to put them all into one place to help my local communities to try and encourage others to do the same because if you've got a podcast if you've got a vlog a game streaming and only fans I don't know whatever it is you use if you can use that to help your local community we would like to encourage you guys to do that we're selling um our uh, sp- uh, slots for sponsorship on that show on the, so like an hour is going to cost a minimum 50 pound donation and for that the uh, hour we're going to get this hour is sponsored by such and such and we'll put your logo on the screen we can get you on the show if you want
want to we're still after guests too so the 24 hour um, podcast challenge is, is coming soon I mean, it's, it's, it's get, everything's going at 90 mile an hour now everything's starting to come together and I'm kind of like ah, panicking like we've got a venue thanks to Shrewsbury Town community and we have our main sponsors thanks to Reach and we're going to sort out the website thanks to Web Orchard so it's very exciting yeah. if you want to get in touch with us guys make sure you go to our website which is theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk and we'd love to hear from you yeah, again you guys have been awesome thank you very much for joining me on the show thank you we'll thank catch you. you guys next time peace out